to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, we have had many great questions over the last couple years, and if you want us to answer your question as part of one of the podcasts, all you have to do is send it to us. We love listener questions. Um, our email is info at justonemorepodcast.com. Our Twitter and Instagram is at justonemorepod. You can also send us a message on Facebook. Uh, we're facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast. Send us your questions. We want to be talking about the stuff you care about on the show. And uh, we can't know what that is unless you tell us. So send us your questions. Uh, one question that so many of us have, uh, especially during the beginning months of the year when people are on diets. And of course, as we always say on our show, hashtag no diets. <laughs> We're all the way up to hashtag no diets 2018. When we started, it was... We started at 2016, didn't we? So many yeah. hashtags, so little time. Yeah, so many years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, but during all those years, one thing that has remained constant is that people give up dairy. Mm -hmm. And so today, my question for you, Daphne, is what's the deal with dairy? Because uh, I want to know why people are always going off of it. Do they really need to be doing that? Mm -hmm. What kinds, If we are eating dairy, what kinds should we be eating? Uh, as you know, and as we've talked about on the show before, I come from the land of dairy, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, cheese is an important food group. <laughs> uh, whereas you uh, have some trouble with the dairy. Is that true? I do. Yeah. And the land of dairy. I mean, Joanna, is that heaven? Like, is that? <laughs> I mean, basically, <laughs> like, yes. I, I, I mean, as, as it should be, I, I love, I love cheese. So uh, I'm not from Wisconsin. I'm from Minnesota, but there's this place in Kenosha, Wisconsin called Mars cheese castle, which is as magical as you think it is. It's like a giant store decorated like a castle and they sell cheese there. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, and that sounds even more fun than Disneyland. In fact, that's, actually no, that sounds like 18,000 times more fun than Disneyland. I would take Cheese Castle over, <laughs> over Disney any day. Um, yeah, I'm so, so I'm really excited for this topic. Um, this topic definitely holds a, a place that is near and dear to my heart because um, of my, I guess, relationship with dairy, my everything I've learned about dairy, um, and also I I'm excited to debunk some myths about dairy, uh, and I'm also excited to talk about like the best, uh, like the, the just what we what we should be eating because because I love cheese and I want everyone to be able to enjoy. Uh, you know, wonderful cheeses. And, and um, yeah, like you said, you and I, we both have kind of different reactions to dairy, which uh, I think we can get into a little bit later, like both of our personal, uh, personal relationships, <laughs> if you will, with dairy. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about dairy, milk, cheese, pros, cons, um, and all that jazz. I do really feel like in the last 
gosh, in the last few years, dairy, it's either the devil or it's either like the world's greatest thing. Like in the world of, in the world of, um, fitness, it's like, Oh, you, you know, uh, Greek yogurt and whey protein and, uh, have chocolate milk after every run and, and dairy is the best thing for you. And it's high in protein. And then you have like other people who are like, dairy is the devil and you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't consume dairy ever. And, uh, you know, dairy is not supposed to be ingested by humans. So we kind of enter this world of two very extreme rules of thought. And, um, I'm excited to kind of talk about all of it. Hey, Daphne, yeah. if, if you're doing myth busters about dairy products, is it mooth busters? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Joanna. Yes, we, we are, we are moo bust, mooth, mooth busting, <laughs> well, mooth busting the industry right now. <laughs> let's start with, um, what dairy is, because I think Having worked in restaurants, I can tell you that a lot of people do not know what is and is not included in the dairy category. Also, yeah. having a substitute taught at a preschool where the food is kosher, people have mm -hmm. no idea what dairy is. So, what is dairy? Yeah, so dairy is the the milk that comes from an animal. And uh, I feel like with this episode, we'll be mainly talking about just normal cow's milk, but dairy also comes from goat, uh, goats, sheep. Um, you even get into other kind of like species of, 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 of animals where, yeah, yeah. Like we have um, like buffalo milk. And uh, so, so dairy is legitimately like the, the animal or the, the milk that comes from another animal that we then consume. So milk, yes, definitely so, dairy. Um, yes, butter definitely dairy. comes from dairy. Yes. Or comes from milk, so it's dairy. Eggs, yes. not dairy. Uh, no, no, eggs are not dairy. Yeah. Not made are, of milk. Yeah, eggs are not dairy at all. Um, so that's actually such a great question because I, I do think sometimes people put those two in the same category. Um, eggs are definitely not dairy. However, the reason why these two kind of get lumped into the same category sometimes is because people who are vegan do not consume any animal products. And as a result, that's why eggs and dairy are considered um, uh, no-nos on a, like if you're looking at a list of, of foods that someone who is vegan does not eat, right. eggs and dairy are, it's always just like, it's literally, it may as well just be spelt one word, eggs and dairy, <laughs> eggs and dairy, eggs and dairy. Right. Except that so, they're totally different things. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so ultimately humans initially many, many thousands and thousands of years ago, um, humans actually were not drinking the milk from animals. Um, people weren't drinking the milk from animals because back in the caveman, back in caveman times, uh, initially people were starting by just well, eating the animals. People weren't right. actually thinking ahead to actually drink the milk that they would see like the, the, the babies of the animals, uh, you know, drinking that same milk. But what happened was about 7,500 years ago in Europe, in the, the Balkans, um, Europeans, they were, they were, they had all these cows and they decided to test out essentially drinking, drinking the milk. And they were able to drink cow's milk without getting sick. And so as a result, this is, this is how people started to drink cow's milk. So it happened about 7,500 years ago, or sorry, 
no, 7,500 years ago. So what happened was many people, their genes mutated. But notice how I said that this was in the Balkans in Europe. So many genes mutated to produce an enzyme that allowed for people to digest the milk of another animal. However, uh, notice, uh, I, once again, I said Europe, not Asia. <laughs> um, about 75% of the world's population right now, uh, oh, sorry, 65% of the world's population right now does not have the enzyme to break down and digest lactose. So that is how it all came to be. And so that's um, why we find that like people of certain ethnic groups tend to be more likely to be lactose intolerant than yes. members of other groups, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I know that yeah. that's true for Asian populations. I know that it's true for um, American Indian populations also, um, mm -hmm. which makes sense because they aren't descended from this group of Europeans who, um, you know, developed this enzyme. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, all, it kind of all started when like farming began um, and people were breeding cows to, to graze pastures, um, you know, and then I wonder who the very first person was or the very first like milkmaid or, or no, I guess it wouldn't be a milkmaid. I, 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 I don't know like how that came about, you know, but really like someone got this grand idea <laughs> to, to drink the milk. And it's kind of funny when you think about it now, and, and there are so many health practitioners out there who are who are avid about like, okay, well, if it, if the milk comes from a cow, the milk is meant for a baby cow. Like it is meant for a baby cow. Um, my personal belief is, uh, my personal belief is, you know, in the world we live in right now, uh, that is just not, I mean, I literally live for wine and cheese night. <laughs> like, like, like that's not necessarily, I don't think that that is, I don't think we all need to be of such an extreme mindset. Do I see some truth in that? And that, yes, that there is like documented, uh, there is documentation of like a certain person starting this trend of drinking the milk of a cow 7,500 years ago. Like, is that a real thing? Like, yes, that's absolutely a real thing. And maybe at the time people are like, this is crazy. Why are you drinking the milk that, you know, a baby cow should be drinking. Um, some people will even say it's like feeding your own breast milk to like another animal <laughs> or, you know, it's kind of like well, vice versa. I'll so, tell you this though. If another animal came along and was like, Hey, either give me your breast milk or I'm going to kill and eat you. Mm -hmm. I would be like, mm -hmm. enjoy the buffet. Totally. <laughs> like, right. add some milk. Yeah. The cows were probably like, thank goodness. <laughs> like, they were like, good, we are around for a while. We literally just get to sit and at the, or sit and graze. No, not sit. The cows don't really sit that much, but um, <laughs> they're not really built know, for sitting. Yeah. Not built for sitting too much, uh, but they graze. And, but see, the thing is back in the day, back in the day, 7,500 years ago, these were all grass fed cows. Pesticides did not exist. And um, yeah, so that wasn't an issue, but I'll get into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, so, you know, there's a, um, there's a, a very famous professor out there. His name is Mark Thomas, and he is a professor of genetics and evolution and environment. And, and he talks about how really most adults worldwide, we actually don't produce the enzyme lactase. And most adults are actually unable to digest the milk sugar lactose. Um, however, the people who do have the enzyme to digest it are primarily of, um, European descent. 
Hello. So, yeah. I don't know. So, yay, Joanna. So, so you know, I think this is probably not your podcast for people who want to talk about, like, an ethical argument about dairy. But what I do mm-hmm. want to talk about is the various um, health and nutrition arguments yeah. about dairy because that yeah. is our area of expertise. Definitely. So, yeah. I want to talk about how dairy became the bad guy. I assume yes. that a big part of it comes from the low-fat trend, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, full-fat dairy became the bad guy first. Right. Um, so the best way to uh, the, the best way to sell something is to, to promote as a, to promote it as a health food. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, many years ago, uh, uh, the sugar industry, the dairy industry, they, well, and I think I just kind of said it right there. They were both industries and you, we have all this evidence now of how it's like very sad, but they like paid off the, the government and, and this is all like, this is all, it's all, it's all completely documented at this time. You know, we always talk about how the, that food pyramid that we learned as seven-year-olds, it doesn't even exist anymore. Like that's how paid off the government was that anyways, this is getting into like a kind of, um, uh, uh, angry cabin territory. In the <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Right. So, uh, the best way for the best way for a food to get sold or a best way for a company to make money is to market itself as a health food. So in terms of, um, so I want to start by just focusing on milk, like cow's milk, um, and like the good, the bad, the ugly and what's better and what's worse and like the great, you know, like, cause mm-hmm. there, there are wonderful things about, um, about different types of milk. So I'm going to kind of start with skim milk versus low fat milk versus whole fat milk. Right. Because I think, I think one of the things that set people off about dairy in the first place is that is the fat content. So, because for a lot, like when we were growing up, fat was the bad guy and, uh, everything was supposed to be low fat. Like parents would never consider like giving their kids whole milk to drink at, uh, you know, meals. I think that was more common when like my parents were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were growing up, fat was the enemy. And so dairy became the enemy because dairy equaled fat. Yeah. Yep. Because dairy was uh, full fat. People started to look at fat grams and then people looked at, oh, well, the fat grams of whole milk is, and I, I don't even know, like that's how little it matters. Like <laughs> uh, maybe like eight grams of fat per serving and people all of a sudden thought like, oh, whole milk, half and half heavy cream. That is what makes us fat. And that is completely not the case. Um, well, so essentially it was really like the sugar industry kind of kicked everything off in the eighties and nineties, um, by telling everyone and like the government to say that fat was bad. And so as a result, the milk industry had to catch up and be like, Oh no, um, uh, people are going to stop buying milk because it's, it has a high fat content. And so we are going to create this, um, uh, you know, Frankenstein milk where we process it and we suck out all the fat and we're going to sell skim milk and we are going to sell, um, low fat milk because that's what the people will want. And that is what is going to keep us in business. So as a result, all of a sudden on the shelves, we have skim milk and, um, skim milk and low fat milk. Uh, you will ask uh, parents and grandparents, uh, they will say things like, 
you know, back in the day, there was never anything like skim milk, like skim milk did not exist. Low fat milk did not exist. Um, and even, even, you know, recently going to maybe like a decade ago, like I remember I was, I was traveling in Europe. Uh, there was no, there was no, there was no skim milk, like skim milk just, it, it, it was just, it was just whole milk. Like there was no, it, wasn't it was even just milk. called milk. <laughs> it was just milk. Yeah. Like there was no option to get skim milk. And so here's what happens. Um, when you drink skim milk and low fat milk, um, well, first of all, talking about fat, uh, fat in food does not equal fat on our bodies. And we, as an American society are actually, deficient in fats. I know, which sounds absolutely crazy, um, but people are consuming a little too much sugar. Um, people are kind of gearing their diets more towards carbohydrates, and really we are not getting enough fat in our diets. So fat is our friend, fat is fuel, fat is needed in our bodies, and here's what happens. You drink skim milk, you drink low-fat milk, all the fat has been sucked out so you drink a glass of skim milk, all your body gets is a hit of sugar. It gets a hit. Lactose is a sugar. So all your body gets is a big hit of sugar with no fat to block any of that sugar absorption. Sugar spikes insulin. Insulin goes absolutely haywire and insulin is a hormone. Insulin is a hormone that gets secreted by your pancreas. And what insulin does is it helps your body convert uh, glucose to energy. So the thing is, when we're getting too much glucose and we're getting too much insulin, it just causes fat storage. Like that, it literally, it's just like point A, and then it just goes straight to point B. So all of a sudden, here we are. It's the start of like the '90s. All of a sudden, there's skim milk, there is low-fat milk, and there are tons of snacks on the shelves. Um, where people have all the fat is sucked out and, you know, sugar is pumped in. And then the, I firmly stick to this and, uh, the skim milk craze and the low fat milk craze, uh, in the early nineties was a big part of what kicked off the obesity epidemic. One so that, you, um, that uh, a listener has asked us before and you, you got to it, but I just wanted to highlight it because I think mm -hmm. it's one of the things that's confusing. So when you get, if you drink a glass of whole milk instead of a glass of skim milk, you're drinking generally the same amount of sugar. But the mm -hmm. difference is, as you were saying, that when you have the sugar and the fat, yes. the fat stops your body from absorbing as much of the sugar, which lowers the likelihood that your insulin is going to spike, which lowers the likelihood that you're going to store fat. So the actual amount of sugar you're consuming might be the same between a glass of whole milk and a glass of skim milk, but mm -hmm. what your body can do with it changes. Exactly, exactly. So even though, uh, even though calorically speaking, yes, a glass of whole milk has more calories than the skim milk, and yes, from a lactose standpoint, the lactose is pretty much the same in whole milk and in skim milk. Milk is not meant to be drank with the fat sucked out because of this insulin response of essentially the skim milk hitting your body, like, um, uh, essentially just pure, pure sugar. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was a great, yeah, a great 
wrap up. I should have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did in the past yeah. and I remembered. So that's how yeah. I came to know it. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about. So we have all this low fat stuff that makes dairy sort of suspect. And then yeah. I wanted to talk about something that pr- a lot of listeners, especially women listeners around our age, probably experienced because it was like a huge craze. I want to mm-hmm. talk about the skinny bitch book. Mm-hmm. So yes, this book uh, came out a few years ago and it was promising. It was aimed at like, um, you know, young professional women on the go who are like, you know, uh, high, highly motivated and uh, stuff. And it was like, how to get your life together. Um, and it was like violently against dairy products. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like said all sorts of stuff about like milk is designed to make baby cows fat. So if you drink it, what do you think is going to happen to you? Right. Right. Like, I remember so, reading it and being like, Oh no, I know. Yeah. I do so feel aggressive. like that. Yeah. And who's the author of skinny bitch? Is it I don't Bethany know. Frankel? No, 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 um, no. She, no, she, she has the skinny market. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I have some thoughts on this. Oh yeah, the Skinny Bitch book by da, 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 da. and we can name the author seeing as we're naming the okay, Rory Friedman and Kim Barn Barn Um, I remember when this book came out and it was there was a huge craze with like this skinny bitch book, and it actually kind of did lead to a bit of uh the demonizing of dairy. Uh, and I actually think it's very important to not demonize anything. Uh, you guys know that the only things I ever say, just say no to, uh, really, it's ar- artificial sweeteners. <laughs> artificial sweeteners and... Um, trans fats? You know, yeah, and, and like trans fats and like negative self-talk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So um, the book came out uh, about a decade ago. Yeah, I love uh, how I was like, it just came out a few years ago. It was 2005. <laughs> yeah, 2005. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, uh, so I will say this, um, and the reason why, uh, I mean, this, this skinny bitch brand, it, it's so against everything I think you and I stand for too. Um, just about, uh, I, I think just from the standpoint of, um, well, well, you and I don't tend to have, well, first of all, you and I barely swear like in <laughs> life and, and we don't even do that on our podcast and and I know this book says it's like a no nonsense tough love tough love guide for you know health or whatever um but I do I do disagree with and I'm sure there are some things in the book that you know from a scientific standpoint might be very sound but like I personally don't love uh, well first of all I don't like the the term skinny um and then let alone the term bitch (laughs) Yeah, let alone the term bitch. And um, because then what happens is this book comes out and then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, I want to be a skinny bitch or I want to be a part of like the skinny bitch tribe. And and like literally I feel like my mission in life is to like get people away from, well, first of all, those two words, <laughs> but also, um, also uh, m- making people realize that we can't and we should not demonize entire food groups. So like people, I mean, I think one of the things that's really compelling about those books is that, um, a lot of us normal people have the feeling that like, there is some secret that we just don't know. And if we knew the secret, then we would be able to lose a bunch of weight and do better at our jobs and have better boyfriends 
and get married and whatever. Like, there's just some secret. And so this book comes along and is like, we have the secret. If you're ready for it, you can have it too. The secret is don't eat dairy. (laughs) Right, right. And it's like that you think that it will answer all of your problems. Also, that book was written by a former modeling agent and a former model. So I'm just saying, like, maybe that's not who you should be going to for your scientific advice. Anyway... Mm -hmm. The point yeah. is, this book came out, and it was part of why everyone was all of a sudden drinking almond milk. Right, right. And, um, yeah, you know what? Oh, my gosh, you're right. None of these two authors were wellness professionals. Huh. Okay, well. But they were very good at being skinny, Daphne, so that's yeah, what matters. They were very good at being skinny bitches. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so, um uh, it, well, in terms of, in terms of the, the balance that I, I do want to promote, like I, I, I can't stress enough, you know, dairy is definitely not the devil. Um, there are better types of dairy, which I'm going to talk about. And there actually are different types of dairy that I do think people can actually eliminate from an inflammatory response standpoint. And then also like kind of going, circling back to skim milk, um, uh, and also, uh, also being sensitive to the fact that, like, of course, lactose intolerance is a very, very, very real thing. Right. Um, like, I've definitely experienced it firsthand, and um, and that dairy can be the best thing in the sense that it can be wonderful and satiating and satisfying and still provide health benefits. Um, and at the same time we can eliminate certain types of dairy, cough, cough, skim milk, (laughs) and, um, ultimately have a more positive lifestyle in which we are less inflamed and have healthier digestive systems just based off of eating what works best for our bodies. So um, what I do want to talk about a little bit is also the difference between conventional milk and uh, organic milk. And I do want to kind of talk about something very important to me is um, the difference between uh, the majority of milk these days that have antibiotics and hormones in them, why they have them, and then the difference between those dairy products and just normal organic grass-fed ones. Because I would say, for me personally, even, um, this is kind of like throwing skim milk to the side. This is just talking about dairy in general. This is what um, the big difference is between good dairy, and I'm just going to say it, like bad dairy. So, so let's, let's split this question into two, two parts. One Mm -hmm. is what does dairy have to offer us in terms of nutrition? Like what, what are the good things that dairy can bring into our diet? And then the second question, what should we be looking for when we're buying dairy products at the store? Mm -hmm. So first nutrition, nutritional benefits. Yes, definitely. So dairy, um, let's talk about all the wonderful things about dairy. Uh, first of all, dairy has an incredibly high protein 
content, but tons of protein, um, tons of wonderful protein, which helps to build and maintain lean muscle mass. Um, you know, people always think like, oh, dairy is good for your bones. Well, yeah, dairy is good for your bones, but it's because dairies are good for your muscles and then your bones then pull calcium from your muscles. Like, it's not like we just drink milk and the milk automatically goes to our bones. Like this, uh, and another thing too, that was just a huge advertising thing. It's like, yeah, dairy makes your bones strong. Like uh, every, a lot of things make your bones strong. Dairy and spinach make your bones strong equally. Um, but you don't necessarily see spinach being like, you know, advertised as like, Oh, this is with a spinach mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no (laughs) spinach mustaches. I mean, really that's the most brilliant campaign the milk industry has ever done, you know? Um, but anywho, so dairy, yes, great for, for uh, because of the protein. Dairy is great because we get healthy fats, and dairy also has a ton of vitamins and potassium in it. So um, dairy has, oh, sorry, not, not potassium, phosphorus. Uh, phosphorus and vitamin D. So those are the the two, those are some two like main vitamins in dairy that we do need. So dairy actually provides like, ton of health benefits. Like once again, dairy is not the devil. Um, and, and you, uh, and I will share this with you guys. Like I'm definitely eating dairy right now. Um, and I'll explain why, because I know in a lot of other previous episodes, I've talked about how I had eliminated dairy. Um, and I actually have it back in my diet right now. And then I'll kind of save this for the end, kind of like my personal relationship with dairy and, um, how I'm feeling about it and what, what dairy I personally eat on a daily basis. Um, but, uh, there are so many health benefits in the same that in in the sense that when we are eating these good dairies and I'll talk about like good dairy and a little bit, uh, people have seen reduced risks of heart disease, stroke, hypertension, um, diabetes, uh, and people have actually experienced like health benefits from consuming good dairy. Well, let's um, get into good dairy. So, yeah, so I'm going that to the store. Good dairy. Okay. So, all right. So, uh, a little bit of background. Um, so I've been, it's, it's interesting. Like when I started this kind of dairy free lifestyle about maybe a year and a half ago, and that was mainly because I was, um, experiencing like some digestive stuff and, uh, just kind of thinking to myself, you know, me being of Asian descent, my parents had no dairy growing up. They, and just thinking, well, maybe I should eat more for my, honestly, like just kind of playing around with eating more for my genes, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, so eliminating dairy, uh, upon that, I nerded out and went down this rabbit hole of research, trying to really get to the bottom of what the heck was the deal with dairy and why was it that sometimes it made me feel awful and why was it sometimes it made me feel completely fine um and why was it that I loved cheese so much you know (laughs) So, so um uh so that's when I found out about this whole thing you know like 75 hundred years ago, uh, that's when people started to drink cow's milk and uh, it didn't really take off too much in Asia, why the majority of Asian people do not produce the enzyme. And then I was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't think I produce the enzyme fully. So playing around with it. So here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about good dairy and bad dairy. So once again, going back to industries, between 1991 and 2004, 
because of everything that was going on with um, the dairy industry, um, because it was struggling a little bit, the number of U.S. dairies decreased by half. Um, and then people who had uh, people who had more than a hundred cows, like they actually had to. What they did was they like increased the number of cows they had. They had, and were just creating these like cow like mills. Uh, it was just kind of like very very sad, um, sad situation, right? In Not which, the happy uh, cow. Uh, they were eating yeah. grass in a field. Yeah, uh, and being milked by hand. It was a much yeah. more industrial process. Uh, so industrial. Yeah. Um, you know, when I went down this kind of like research road, finding like pictures and uh, reading articles, and uh, it was just kind of like sad. So um, uh, it, it was learning about milk and kind of realizing that how sad it was that it was an industry. And here's what happened. The number of U.S. dairies decreased, so they had to kind of jam-pack these dairies with as many cows as they could, and they were living in very, um, very like not nice conditions. So that's that's number one. Okay, like okay, yeah, they're not li living in nice, not nice conditions. Like they're like jam-packed into um, corrals, and but then what happened was they were forced to consume these diets that would force them to uh, they were to force them to become big and to produce a ton of milk so to keep these cows big and to keep them producing tons and tons and tons of milk they were not just letting these these cows um just graze on grass like they were feeding them all random things um from you know grains to like different proteins like to to um they were just like it was they were they were essentially eating diets that were high in protein and low in fiber and the complete opposite of their natural diet of grass which is supposed to be high in fiber and um kind of like low in protein like so what was happening was these cows were being pumped full of food being forced to eat things that cows are not meant to eat but then cows were getting sick so then to keep cows healthy enough to keep producing milk, they were fed antibiotics. So all of a sudden, these antibiotics began to um, become passed down to us. And then the bad thing is, then when we drink the milk from these cows, um, with these, these cows who have been, A, fed a diet that they were not meant to eat, um, so we're not getting any of the nutrients from like, you know, grass or anything. We're getting just whatever, whatever it is, um, in terms of what exactly that was, I've only been able to find out that diet, that cows were consuming a diet high in protein and low in fiber. So I don't even know what that is. Like, right. Which is sketchy in its own way. Right. Like people don't even talk about what these cows were and many are still being fed. So then what happens is we consume the milk. We end up ingesting the antibiotics that these cows have been fed because these cows were getting so sick 
from not eating the things that they were supposed to eat and also because of their living conditions. Yeah. Um, well, this is a problem sudden, through like, uh, like all, industrial right. farming of all exactly. kinds, right? It's, all types of animals. So this, this is not just, I, I know we're talking about dairy and cows specifically right now, but totally like any, like pigs, chicken, like, uh, you know, that's like, you know, you talk about like happy meat, like eating meat that where you know where it came from. And um, these were not happy cows. And these are currently not happy cows. So then what happens to us is we drink this milk, we end up ingesting these antibiotics, and this leads to a plethora of health problems. First of all, it, it, we ingest antibiotics without even realizing it, and that causes us to be antibiotic resistant. And then that affects our genes, and our genes start to mutate. And then antibiotics, when we do need them, become less effective. Um, not to even mention the fact that we are ingesting antibiotics and medication that we technically should not be ingesting, and that's just mutating genes. Um, and so, uh, and also, if you think about uh, the the hormones in milk, so we always talk about like hormone hormone free. Well, milk contains just natural natural hormones, but when you're drinking milk that has been uh, pumped from a cow that has been fed all these different things and a cow that has essentially been made to become like big, you know, and, um, uh, and cows that have also been potentially given synthetic growth hormones to increase their production of milk. Then once again, those hormones get passed down to us as well. So, so I have to say, Daphne, everything that you've just said, makes me never want to eat or drink dairy again. Totally right. I know. <laughs> so is there, I know. So is there an option what? for avoiding this stuff? Yes, there is an option for avoiding this. Um, so essentially the milk that we do want to avoid is, and, and I almost like hate saying this because like, it's what you would get like at a Starbucks, but the milk that we want to avoid is conventional milk. By which you mean not organic, non-organic. Non yeah. So the conventional milk that is just the supermarket brand that you can get from either the convenience store um, or in a certain area of your supermarket, um, I would recommend. And what I personally do and what I like have told my family and what my family does is now like we no longer purchase those products because like I said, this all kind of started in like 1991. Um, it's still going on. And so for the most part, the conventional supermarket milk is created in this way where there are still antibiotics and there are still hormones and, um, and, uh, these are the milks that cause the issues. Um, however, you will see now a lot of, a lot of milk companies are putting on their, on their milk labels, you know, it's hormone free. Like, like people are starting to catch on, like they're getting, or the milk companies realize that people aren't going to, people are starting to maybe not buy their products because we don't want the hormones that these cows have been pumped with to produce more milk. So, um, what I personally do, um, there are brands and, and you and I are so lucky. We have access to so many incredible like brands and health food stores here in New York. Um, uh, and, and the good thing is a lot of these brands are becoming a little bit more 
more easily accessible where even in a standard normal grocery store, um, you can still purchase these brands of milk that are A, organic, and B, full uh, free of antibiotics, C, free of hormones, and if we want to take it to that next, next, next level, so I'm just going to say like the brand I'm, I'm thinking of. Um, so like what my older sister will give like my nephew, right? Um, so they use like Horizon, Horizon whole milk. Um, I think at Whole Foods or, you know, other health food grocery stores, we have even more brands of, of organic milks to choose from. And then that next level up, um, you can even get it's it's called raw milk and you can get this at very kind of specialized grocery stores do i do this personally no i don't um i actually, I actually don't drink too I much like milk I but i have to step in here so mm -hmm. the raw milk thing is very controversial in because many, of the pasteurized yes yeah, so yes, raw means it's not pasteurized in many right. states it's not even legal to sell raw milk um some states you can sell it but only in certain circumstances um mm -hmm. I don't feel like we as a podcast can promote people drinking unpasteurized milk. If it's yeah, a decision and I that agree like, too. you do your own research on and, uh, you know, uh, look at the science and look at the risk, um, like do your own thing. Um, one thing I will say is that I'm totally in support of raw milk cheeses because there are rules in place to help make sure that, that they're um, that they're safe. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there is a real difference between things like hormone-free milk, locally raised milk, organic milk versus raw milk, because mm -hmm. there's a reason that yeah. we pasteurize milk. It's that things can get into milk that can be really bad for you. Right, right. So like, you know, there's this, there's this company I always see and, and I totally agree. And then, and I personally, I've actually, so just to be clear, I've never actually tried raw milk. I um, have. I, uh, <laughs> it was delicious. I'm sure it was amazing. And I feel like uh, I always think about like the brand, there's like a, someone in Union Square at the farmer's market all the time. It's like Stony Brook Farms and I see them in Whole Foods. Oh, it's probably Ronnie so, Brook. Ronnie Brook, Ronnie Brook. Yeah. And so I think, you know, when there is like that next level up of milk, that's like a little bit more expensive and like a little bit like, you know, even better for you than Horizon and a little bit more like, uh, you know, hey, exclusive um, if you will, that has, uh, products that are of like a premium caliber. So that would, I, I say, I think that that would be like the next step up. So when I am at Whole Foods, what I see is like the Ronnie Brook, the Ronnie Brook milk, which I've actually never tasted. And then in terms of, um, in terms of that milk, I'm not even sure if it is raw. I just know it's, it's like, yeah, like, so it's just one of those things where they just <laughs> Maybe try the to... Maybe the person who drinks milk should talk about this part of it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I can tell you, nothing that you can buy in New York is raw. Everything okay. that yeah. any milk you're buying in New York is pasteurized. It's illegal yeah. to sell raw milk here. What yeah. what I think that you're picking up on is that there are, there are levels. So there's, like, conventional milk, which is, like, store brand or, you know, whatever regular, the cheapest milk that you get in the grocery store. Then the next level up is sort of like industrialized organic. So that would be like Horizon, which you can get in like most large-ish grocery stores. Um, then there's a level up from that, which is 
um, like local smaller producers. So that would yeah, be places like, yeah. yeah, like Ronnie Brook um, in New York is like one of the biggest of the local small producers. Um, but whatever, you know, uh, often they're sold in like glass bottles and they look like more history. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, all of these come with different levels of price, right? So um, I think from what Daphne has told me, I think it's, it's probably a good um, choice to spend a little bit more money to get organic milk if you can. The jump from organic to like local and small dairy can be pretty significant in terms of price. If that's something that you can afford, totally look into doing it. Um, if it's not, don't worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really feel like the best thing to do is to, for people who are currently drinking, um, like conventional milk to, to pay the extra couple bucks and go for horizon so that at least you're not getting any antibiotics and any hormones into your system. Right. And, there and are then to go for the whole milk too. Um, yeah. There are resources online that can help tell you about the specific brands that are in your store. Um, so that, so that you can do a little bit more research about what you have available to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like I was at, I, and it's so interesting, like I can like taste the the difference. I was at Starbucks a, a while ago and, and tried just getting a whole milk latte to see how I would feel. And, and I couldn't even drink it because it just tasted so, it tasted so off to me. Like it, it just, <laughs> the milk just did not taste right. And there's just clearly like the alarm. It's clearly like my taste buds were just telling me something like it just didn't taste right. Well, so, I have a, I have a milk story too. So the time that I did drink raw milk, I was at a cheese making class in Vermont and um, they had this pitcher of milk that had like just been milked from the cow. And I was like, Oh, like I'm finally going to taste raw milk. Like maybe I'll understand like what the big fuss is about. So I started drinking this milk and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best milk I've ever had. It tastes so good. Raw milk is amazing. And then I sat for a second and I thought, this milk still has all the fat in it because it just came out of the cow. That's why it tastes delicious. It's not because it hasn't been pasteurized. Right. It's because all of the milk fats are still in there and fat exactly. is delicious. Yeah. And those milk fats are amazing. Um which I think is going to, I kind of want to talk about like cheese and butter. Yeah. And um, yeah. So, yeah. So that's like really the, that's really like the, that's the skinny on, 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 you on know, the, the best types of the best types of milk and the, the milk industries. And, and of course, for people who are lactose intolerant um, at the end of this, I want to give you guys just a whole list of the milk al alternatives in case um, you or just what I personally, um, think are the best milk alternatives. Yeah. Well, let's just talk um, about it. But, what do you think are the best milk alternatives? Uh, so there, there is a number out them. There is a brand out there that exists. Um, it's called Califia and they have an almond milk. And uh, so essentially milk, the, the milks right now that I find are the best milk alternatives um, and milk alternatives become very popular. And all of a sudden you have big companies making uh, different types of milks and they're all great, but here are the things you want to watch for. Okay. So we have soy milk. We have almond milk. We have cashew milk. We have coconut milk. We have oat milk, which is um, a bit taking off very, very like big in New York right now. And then we also have now, which is taking off macadamia milk. So 
We have all, essentially you can, you can milk any nut. <laughs> you can milk any nut, whether it's a cocoa nut or an almond. Um, uh, you can literally milk anything. And um, <laughs> that's, that's such a funny sentence. Um, so uh, my favorite types of uh, dairy-free milks, I like all of them. I love all of them and I drink all of them depending on what it is I'm drinking. If I'm in the mood for uh, a, if I'm in the mood for a latte and I want it to have kind of like an oaty, creamy, nutty flavor, I'll go for an oat milk latte because it's new and exciting and I can get it at only like, you know, two coffee shops that I can think of right now. Um, I, I would say soy and almond milk are the two main ones that you can get in pretty much any coffee shop and the ones that you can get the easiest in any grocery store. And so here's what I'm going to say. Um, I don't see an issue with soy milk. I think soy milk tastes delicious. Um, I love almond milk and coconut milk is also becoming much more, um, much more popular. All of these milks are totally, totally fine. There are some health benefits to each one. Um, here's what I am going to tell people to look out for. Uh, you want to look at the ingredient list. Don't even worry about the calorie count. Don't even worry about the fat count. And in fact, just in life, don't even, I, I, I have to say this. Like I, I personally, I don't look at calories. I don't think about calories. I don't think about grams. Numbers don't even exist in my brain. Um, <laughs> so what are we looking for instead? We're looking for sugar. You're looking not at the, you're not looking at the grams of sugar because naturally almonds are going to have a little bit of sugar in them. Naturally, coconut's going to have a little bit of sugar in it. You are looking at the ingredient list and you want to make sure there is no added sugar. That's what it is we're looking for. If there's no added sugar, then you are good to drink any of those, any nice. of those milks. Um, and I love all of them. So, um, uh, whenever I go to a new cafe and I ask them what their milk alternatives are and they will say to me, oh, we have soy, almond, coconut, and oat. Or they'll be like, oh, we have soy, almond, macadamia, and oat. I actually ask them to pull out each one for me to take a look at. Like I, I, <laughs> they I go, love you. They, they <laughs> freaking adore me. No, they, yeah, I know. Right. They're like, Oh God, she's one of those. Um, but I do this and I do this because I, because I think that it's totally fine to value exactly what it is we are putting into our bodies. And, um, so I take a look and I see exactly what brands they are using and, um, and I'll just come right on and say it. If I see it's, you know, almond, uh, diamond breeze, almond milk, that's been vanilla and sweetened, I will go for something else, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I will go for the, the best option in that scenario. I will go for the best option and I will go for whatever I consider the highest quality brand and whatever is the unsweetened version of that brand. So those are my favorite um, dairy alternatives. Can I talk so, about cheese for a second? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely want to talk about cheese and butter. So I worked at a cheese shop for about a year. Um, and so I got to taste and be around a lot of different kinds of cheese um, and especially uh, a lot of cheeses that didn't come from cow's milk. So um, 
I think everyone is pretty familiar at this point with goat cheese, especially like the soft, creamy white stuff that you see in a beet salad. Um, but there's a whole world of cheese out there that doesn't come from cow's milk. There's a lot of different goat's milk cheeses. There's sheep's milk cheese. Um, you may not realize it, but you've probably had water buffalo milk cheese because that's what buffalo mozzarella is, is mm-hmm. uh, mozzarella made from the milk of water buffalo. Um, so, uh, and all of those milks give cheese a different flavor. Um, and part of that is because they have different fat contents. Goat's milk uh, tends to be lower in fat content, so it has uh, flavor resulting from that. Sheep's milk tends to be really fatty, so sheep's milk cheeses have their own flavor because of that. Um, And the cool thing is that um, if you have trouble digesting lactose, different kinds of milk have different amounts of lactose. So it may be that you can't eat cow's milk cheese. You might be totally able to eat goat cheese. So again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not your doctor. Don't like go rushing to the cheese shop based just on what I said here. But it's possible that um, if you do some exploring, there may be some kinds of cheese that work really well for you, even if other kinds don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and you can always test it out, too. So you can always, uh, like, if you are out to dinner and if you just want to just try, you know, just a sheep's milk cheese and see how that that goes with your system, um, I, I totally... So the thing with uh, the uh, one's ability to process lactose, I think that I I completely agree. Like when it comes to the different animal, different people will react differently to dairy that's come from different animals. Um, I, for one, definitely do. And and I'll get into that uh, as well. But then also people can react to dairy from one animal but like in different forms and people can react totally differently as well. So example, um, drinking whole milk versus, uh, versus having ghee or clarified butter or cheese or normal butter. You know, some people can handle the cheeses just fine, but like have them drink a glass of milk and it's like their stomach's just totally shot, you know? Mm -hmm. So so that's also the case as well. And that's, that's uh, totally dependent on the individual and also the individual testing the waters with what your digestive system can and cannot handle. Well, it's about time for us to do a takeaway here. Is there anything you want to make sure that you say before I wrap up? Um, yeah. So I definitely want to talk about, well, I think the most important thing to take away from this is to spend the extra few dollars to go for a brand of milk that does not contain any antibiotics or hormones. And that is, um, uh, that is organic. I think that that is a huge takeaway. Um, and I also want to, I I do want to stress the fact that dairy does not necessarily have to be demonized or it just should not be demonized. And, and currently, um, I'm, I am having, I'm consuming like a decent amount of dairy. Uh, so I actually have butter in my coffee every single morning, but granted the butter I have in my coffee is grass fed butter. So I've been doing bulletproof coffee, which I know we had talked about a long time ago and it's something that I've kind of been exploring the last, um, few months. Um, but essentially just getting, getting my body uh, into like digesting fats right away. 
and so what I do is I actually blend my coffee with some coconut oil and grass-fed butter. And it's amazing. And my system handles it just fine. But then if I were to have Ben and Jerry's, I'm literally like in the bathroom for like so long. So I do think people's bodies react to different types of dairy. And I do want to stress that when going for things like butter and the, the hard, um, or, or like mainly butter. And if you can go for like a grass fed butter, that's, it's very, very, very easy to get grass fed butter. Um, you can literally get grass fed butter at the drugstore. Like I think that's where they even carry it there now. Um, and I think that I think that with dairy, it's important for people to understand that every human's body is going to react differently to dairy. And if you want to explore and see how your body reacts to it, you can absolutely try eliminating it for a few days and see if you feel any different and then reintroduce different types of dairy and then just monitor how you feel. Um, if you don't feel great after drinking a glass of milk, okay, awesome. Then don't drink a glass of milk. Um, but if you feel, uh, you know, fine having cheese and wine, great. Then you feel fine having cheese and wine. Um, but ultimately the big takeaway that I want people to know is that really, uh, unless you are lactose intolerance, there is actually, I personally feel like there is no need to completely eliminate dairy from your diet because I do feel like when we humans consume the right types of dairy that we actually get a lot of great health benefits and the sense of protein and good fats. And well, that is my, my little takeaway. Yeah. I feel like you did the perfect takeaway and now there's nothing oh. for me to do. <laughs> no, Sorry, Joanna. I know. It's fine. My, you did a great opinion. job. <laughs> well, the one thing I was going to say is, so when you're going to the store, whether you're buying milk, you're buying yogurt, you're buying butter, whatever it is, things to think about are if it's possible for you to uh, buy organic and hormone-free, that is a good way to go. Um, if it's possible for you to buy from a local producer where you're able to know more about what the um, process is like, great. Um, if not to either of those things, simply switching from skim or low fat milk to whole fat dairy is going to be a good move for you health wise. So, uh, if anyone wants to get together for some cheese later, just let me know. Joanna, let's do a wine and cheese party soon. I'd love it. Yay. Thanks Daphne. Thanks. Thanks for listening to just one more with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shawflam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah versus the many who you can hear at Hannah vs the many.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.